This week on Gym Ops Radio, the guys discuss all things branding and why establishing your brand may just be the most important thing you do in the COVID rebuild. They'll explain the difference between a brand, who you are, and a company, what you do, and why the most successful gyms excel at both. They'll explain how to create your brand and make it come to life and support it with every aspect of your company. Welcome to episode 48. This is Gym Ops Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to Gym Ops Radio. I'm Brian Pritz, and with me is Dave Thomas. We're the owners of Performance 360 in San Diego, and today we're going to talk all about branding, why you need it, and what it's going to do to help. I also wanted to let you know the recording will be a little bit different today. We've decided to record remotely for the first time, so you'll notice the audio is a little bit different today until we upgrade the equipment, hopefully by next week. Yeah, we literally have no idea how this is going to go. I'm sure there's going to be uh, – I can guarantee that my dogs will make an appearance at some point. Right. Uh, because they bark at anything that moves within <laughs> three three square miles of the house. So that should be fun. Hopefully I can reduce my heavy breathing into my microphone too since I don't have a mute button. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're doing this remote because you are still recovering from – covid i sure am got the big cove so that's why we've kind of hit pause on these episodes the last two weeks um obviously wanted to make sure that you are better um so that number one you can do these but also number two so that you don't sound like a talking corpse into the microphone yeah i I remember we had a phone call one morning uh i don't know a week or a week and a half ago and uh, it was actually when i was starting to feel better and uh, (laughs) both you and lenny uh, immediately we're like, wow, Pritz, you sound like hell. And I was like, really? I feel so much better. <laughs> uh, happy to come in and just crush your positive feelings about getting over it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, um, it was a nice little experience. Um, you know, for anybody that's interested in hearing the perspective of somebody going through it, um, you know, it was definitely a couple tough days. Um, I got over it pretty quickly. Um, I wouldn't say it was like the most sick I've ever been. Um, it was probably somewhere in the middle, so it wasn't anything too bad or too drastic, but, um, you know, definitely some, some new, uh, types of symptoms and, uh, stuff that I've never experienced before. So it was definitely interesting. Yeah. It seems like you and Ashley got over it. Um, I don't want to say like, well, uh, but it's like, you know, it seems like you were in the two week category of kind of start to finish of when you felt bad by the time like you started to come out of it and like started to feel a little bit better I saw Ashley for the first time yesterday and she just like honestly seemed like she had a ton of energy and like she was never even sick which was kind of crazy oh yeah she's super annoying right now because she's been secluded (laughs) for so long that now she all she wants to do is just like talk and have conversations and just like is just spitting out so much random stuff. I'm just like, whoa, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, she was she was real bubbly. I was like, listen, I need you, I need you to dial down to like a six right now. <laughs> yeah, but. my my wife was nice nice enough to get it um, from her <laughs> office job. She works two jobs. Um, she got it from somebody in her office, and then uh, was nice enough to give it to me. So she got it first. Uh, she started to get sick, and I had her quarantined in the bedroom for. 
a couple days, and I'm pretty sure that she was attempting to give it to me <laughs> um, because she didn't want to go through it alone. So she was doing everything she could to try and make me have it so that we could uh, start to hang out again. So, God, so, what a what a wife! What a wife! Um, yeah, and I will funny. say, it it was actually nice. Like once I had to do everything. Um, and basically be her servant, uh, which I was happy to do, uh, but it gets old very quickly. So I actually didn't mind. And now that I'm over it, wasn't terrible. And uh, I have three months of immunity, uh, supposedly. So um, it's nice to be able to like get back out into the world <clears throat> and not be not be worried anymore. Yeah, you can just go lick everything and not worry about getting it, huh? Yeah, I guess apparently. that's how it works, but. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to say too many things because someone listening will probably tell me that that's not true and I really don't have any idea so yeah well I'm still doing the whole social distancing masking and all that stuff um, but I just don't have that like worry in the back of my head that like oh no is this gonna give it to me um, anyway let's let's head into uh, understanding what a brand is um, you know why don't we kick it off with you know what's a brand? Yeah, so I, you know, um, in, in formulating the uh, topic for today, I just, um, I think it's important to just talk a little bit about that because a lot of times gyms in particular, um, you know, we come from being fitness minds and our lens is fitness and we focus so much on the service delivery aspect of that, which is obviously incredibly important. It is the most important thing, but I think it's easy for our industry to really lose sight of the fact that um, branding is important. Having a brand is very important. I think sometimes it gets kind of cast with like, you know, branding is such a cliched word these days because of influencers and having like a personal brand and all that stuff. But all of, all of the personal brand that that comes from something very legitimate, which was, you know, company branding and having the company stand for something and have the company have very um, concrete values and beliefs. And I just think so many gyms do um, you know, I, I don't want to be negative and say a poor job. I think a lot of gyms underutilize um, their their brand image and what they're about in a way that they don't communicate it effectively to the marketplace. And right. they, they try to sell people specifically like just on fitness and their fitness operations and their fitness offerings. But all of that is relatively um, – it, it, it's not a commodity, but it's very close to a service offering commodity. So I think being an effective brand and showcasing what you stand for is a really effective way to make yourself not become a commodity. Right. Um, so the way that I kind of look at it is, you know, there's two aspects to a gym business. There's our gym brand, and then there's the gym company or operations. So it's like the brand is one side, the actual company and operations are the other side. And when you think about a brand, it's helpful to think about that as, you know, your brand is is who you are. It is like the actual human spirit that is behind the gym. It is who you are. It's what you promise. It's really what you're about as a brand. And your company slash operations, that is what you do. So that's how you deliver it. Um, so it's like one tells the story of what you're going to do and then the other backs it up with actually doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it's super important that those two are connected so that the brand and who you are is followed through by the company and the service offering that you provide. 
Yeah, it's just an ongoing like it's an ongoing connection with the customer. You know, they see you as a prospect. They go to your website. That's obviously the low hanging fruit of of where we can do branding. And they read uh, they read what you're about and what you stand for and why you're in business. And then, you know, that creates a little bit of a connection to it. And then they go and they take the class and people in class are backing that up. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But it's just a series of steps all along the process of the customer experience where um, they are immersed in the brand in the sense that they believe in it and they have the same values. And then those are also supported every step of the way through the company and the operations. And it's all kind of tied together. Yeah. Do you have any, you know, I know that you probably have some examples that you came up with, um, you know, people that either do it right or people that don't do a great job of it. Yeah. I mean, I can just, uh, so I'll give you just our kind of first person perspective of where we're at right now. And I, uh, I wouldn't want to evaluate whether we're doing a good job or a bad job at it. I'll just tell you what we're trying to accomplish. You know, right now our branding is like, we're going heavy on safety. Um, It's what we've kind of declared from the get go. We've talked about this, you know, enough on this podcast about what we're kind of doing with COVID. And it's not dissimilar from what I would imagine most other gyms are doing with COVID, but I just see so many people not really like planting that flag and really, 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 doubling down on being like, listen, we're going to be the gym that does our absolute best to keep you safe right now. So like, we want you to feel comfortable and confident coming into the gym. That's kind of been our brand for lack of a better term, since this all hit, Um, you know, it's right smack dab on our website. One of the first things that we talk about in the first line of text, when you go to our website, um, it's reinforced on all the pages. And then of course, when you come into the gym and experience it, um, that is reinforced. So it's like the brand promise is upfront. Like we are all about safety. That is us. And then the company and the operations support that when you come in with the individual zones and the individual squat racks and all the protocol and all that stuff that we've already gone over. Um, so that, that's kind of the difference between those two things. And if there, if there's any disconnect, like let's say we were to say, you know, we're the gym that is like goes above and beyond safety protocol. And then people come in and it's it's not that then all of a sudden you've just completely lost those people. And they'll now view you as a commodity, which might last for a little bit, but you're easily replaceable. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we talked last episode a lot about trust. And when there's that disconnect from your brand and your operations, then they lose trust. And, you know, that's where you can run into a lot of problems. You also mentioned you know, some things that really resonated with me about right now, you know, we're all about safety. And it's important to mention because your branding is very fluid and it's evolving. It's never just this is it and we're done with branding. You know, it it needs to constantly evolve. It needs to constantly um, reinforce kind of where you're going as a company. Yeah, well said. And I know you'll get into a couple of points here that Kind of support those things and, and you know another example of this is obviously most people in our industry know uh brooke Entz. you know if you were to go if you follow her on social media you go to her website like she is very very good at branding but she's also very good at her company and her operations so you know if you go to her website and you follow her stuff it's like you know she has in the url of her website it's like b-a-b brooke Entz, which like I assume stands for badass bitch. <laughs> I could be I could be wrong with that, but that's that vernacular that I know. And all the stuff that she talks about is like like she uses the terms like crush PRs with a smile. Um, she has that personal brand to her that those who follow her 
really know. It's like you look at her and you know what she's about as a brand. But her company is all of her products. That's like her daily sweat program, her naked program, her clothing line. So the brand kind of introduces you to her company and then the company delivers the service and the products. Um, so that, that's kind of a, an easy way to differentiate that. And you can pretty much think about that with any sort of, you know, personal fitness figure that, that you might follow on the personal brand aspect of things is they have a very, very clear brand and then they have a very clear product line. Um, and those are two, two separate things. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because you, you mentioned how, you know, you, you don't want to comment on how we're doing as a brand, um, Ultimately, that's not necessarily up to us to decide. It's up to the consumer. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But if you're somebody listening that has not started a gym and you are planning on starting a gym, really think about this stuff before you launch your brand and your company name. Um, you know, one thing that I would say that we missed the mark on, or not missed the mark because this was a long time ago and, um, you know, we weren't as intelligent about this stuff as we are now, but, you know, your your logo, your company name, um, all those things that you start at the beginning, while that's not your brand, those are pieces that lead to the brand experience. And if we were to do it over again, I would probably want to at least discuss different routes, but, you know, we're 10 years into the game and, totally. um, you know, we're, we're way past that. Um, so now we take what we have and, and do the best branding, um, from where we are now. Yeah. And you mentioned something about a brand evolving and I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I don't want people to take that as like your brand stands for one thing. And then like next day it changes its mind. It's like, okay, now we stand for something else. Like that's mixed message branding. You know, we have been for, we've been open 10 years, uh, I believe for the last seven when we, when we rebranded and become more became our slogan, you know, we have continued to be about that brand. That is our overarching brand concept. Like fitness is designed to make you better. We want you to be more confident in your life. We don't, we don't market to professional athletes. We don't market to competitive athletes. We market to everyday, everyday men and women to become more. That is our brand right now. It's kind of like our micro brand within that is the whole like doubling down on the safety because certain things happen in the world where you need to prioritize an aspect of your branding above maybe the, the main focus of the brand. And right now, you know, the, the main focus is on making people feel unquestionably as safe as they can when they're in the gym. But our become more concept as a brand is still kind of our umbrella over top of that. Yeah, I mean, becoming more starts with being safe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yes. Um, so yeah, let, let me kick it over to you. Why don't you talk about um, kind of your three points on like what is a brand and specifically how that relates to the gym setting? Yeah, I mean, you know, simply put, your brand is the first impression. You know, it's your your smile, your handshake, the the what people get from you when they first meet you, if you will. You know, if it sucks, then nothing else matters. You've already lost them. They're not going to kind of re-engage in you at a later date um, if mm -hmm. your first impression is terrible. Um, if it's excellent and it's on point on that first experience, then I don't want to say you can do poorly from then, but it gives you a lot more leeway to not be perfect. Um, Absolutely. And at that point, you've already got them. 
Um, I actually hate like dictionary definitions of most things. Um, however, the dictionary definition of a brand is spot on <laughs> um, with this. And it defines a brand as a person's perception of a product, service, experience, or organization. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mentioned before that ultimately it's not up to us to decide how we're doing as a brand because that's up to the consumer. It's, it's their perception of how we're doing. And we have often talked about perception is reality. Um, <clears throat> and so you might be doing something and think like, Oh man, like we're doing this. Like, why are people not engaging in this or, you know, whatever that is. Um, and that's because their perception is not that. So, their perception then becomes the reality of what's going on and it might not matter what you're actually doing. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I remember reading one time that they say that um, your brand is what the average of five customers say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah, I like that. And so it's like, it speaks to that point of like, you can make all of these brand promises, but if your company and your operations don't align with that, then you're going to have, you know, mixed, you're going to have mixed reporting on what your brand actually is and stands for. Yeah. I really like that. Um, you know, one, uh, one big important aspect of this is, you know, to be a brand is to know that by like the very nature of law of attraction that you will repel some people. And I think this is so, so important because if you're, repelling some people i think that that means that you're doing a good job because you're agree more you're essentially drawing a line in the sand with who you are and what you're doing and you know that there's enough people that <clears throat> will follow you in that direction and at the same time there are going to be people that repel against you and don't want any part of you and that is perfectly fine maybe not even perfectly fine like that's very good in my opinion yeah, it goes back to that, you know, we always talk about how, you know, being vanilla is like the worst thing you can do. And it's like, there's the analogy that we like to make is like, you know, n nobody hates the flavor of vanilla. Like nobody's going to take a <laughs> bite of vanilla ice cream and be like, this is disgusting. Yeah, you can, you can literally add vanilla to almost anything. And it like, it, it goes down smooth with anything. Right. But the problem is like, people are not really super loyal to that. It's like, there's a there's a vanilla that's on the corner of every you know there, there's a vanilla gym option in every city in america and like yes you could be another one that's just like that uh you could be even like mildly successful with that but but you're just going to be another service commodity when you're like that so you know making a statement you know i, I think people think that has to say like you need to be controversial or you need to like do something that's gonna like create market disruption and, and all that stuff but I don't necessarily view it that way. I just view it as like clearly state what your values are. And, and we'll get into that when we talk about how to create your brand. Um, clearly state what your values are and do so in language that people can understand. And that, that that's pretty much it. And like if you're doing that effectively enough, then yeah, some people who don't want to experience fitness in that way are not going to come to your gym. But you are going to immediately attract those people who will. And that's the whole entire goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to turn this into any sort of political debate, but like Trump is a great example of that because he stands for some very clear um, 
you know, he, he's a brand. He stands for some very clear concepts and look at what he's done to the country. You know, it's half the people follow him and are loyal to him to, to the point that they'll break the law. And the other half is like very against him and think he's, you know, the worst president in the history of the United States. And no matter what side you're on, you know what side you're on. Yeah. I mean, he is, yes, that is like a very, very extreme version of branding. And there's actually been, you know, obviously it's not political, but there's actually been many articles and even books written about this concept specifically as it pertains to Donald Trump and why he got elected. Um, And a lot of it does have to do with stuff that is extremely similar to the concept of branding. So that is like an obviously much more extreme example of what branding can do. (laughs) Um, But in the context of being a gym, you know, whittling that down into something that's uh, much more applicable to our world. It's just be clear in, in, in what, in why it is that you exist and what it is that you do. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's super important that you consistently convey that message and it's not just, uh, you know, it's not just something that you slap on a website or, you know, slap on a membership form or a social media post and, and call it an en- the end of the day. Um, you kind of need to be that guy on the microphone that's constantly reminding people who you are. Um, you know, not like you want to just go stand there and shout it out all the time, but if you're consistently sending that message through multiple forms of communication and following up with that with your experience inside the gym, um, you know, that's how you develop a brand. It's it's not just like a one and done thing. Nice. So yeah, just kind of unpacking those three things you talked about. Basically, your brand is going to create the first impression. Um, we all know how important first impressions are. Uh, your brand is going to make a statement that's going to clearly attract some people to you and maybe not attract others. And that's okay. And then just be consistent. So constantly reminding people about that brand, not just assuming that they're going to experience it on the website and be done with it. And all of a sudden they believe in what you're doing. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if you do the, if you do this stuff correctly, there's a lot of benefits that you will gain from it. Um, so, you know, what, what kind of things have we seen, um, you know, since we really started taking branding seriously? Yeah, I just, you know, nothing that's going to be concepts people don't understand, but you know, when you are a strong band, when you are a strong brand, you are going to increase retention because you're going to have people there who feel an emotional connection to your brand. They're going to feel some sort of personal identity with the brand, and that's going to eliminate you from being a commodity, you know, so where people aren't just going to shop for the next cheapest version and it's that race to the bottom. Um, You're going to keep people for much longer because they're there for reasons that extend past uh, this 4.30 class time is convenient for my work schedule. Right. Uh, You're going to increase acquisition. So, you know, we talked about that, um, making a statement and making it clear who you attract and clear who you don't. The people who you now clearly are trying to attract are going to be much more likely to actually try your gym. And because they tried your gym, because they were attracted to the principles of it, now they're going to be more likely to join because the rest are just kind of details. They've already decided that this is the place that they align with on an emotional level. So if your company and your operations now support that when they try the gym and in their first month of the gym, they're obviously going to to try, excuse me, they're going to convert when they try it. Um, And then honestly, it's just, it's a more fun environment to have when everybody there is bought into it. 
you know, when our gym has been at what I would consider our lowest points, <clears throat> it's when we have just had so much going on. And when we've had so much going on, we've left opportunities available for our company slash operations to actually not deliver what the brand is all about. And when we've had those just like so many different options and so many things going on, uh, it's created more division within the gym than we ever really intended to set out to do. And when we really simplify and we really return to our core values and we return to our basics of a brand, yes, we might lose some people who we kind of lost ourselves along the way, but it's going to result in that everybody on the same page, it's more fun, it's more positive, coaches are having a better time, members are having a better time. It's just a better environment to have. Yeah, um, you know, it is... Unfortunately, it is easy to lose that kind of brand promise. Um, you know, I can rem I can remember a few different times through the history of our our company and brand where, like, like you said, we've kind of put that secondary because a lot of different things were going on that we need that our that needed our attention. Um, and sometimes <clears throat> you just like all of a sudden it kind of like hits you in the face. And it's like, oh man, we need to double down on you know our original brand and our original concept and what we believe in, and really hammer that home again because we've started to lose, you know, w what we've spent a lot of time working towards. Yeah, and like we've been around ten years, and like we fucked up a ton with this yep. stuff. Like it's it's incredibly easy to just have things be going well, and then like yeah, like you want to chase that next, you know, how can we do even better? So all of a sudden, like you know, we've got six different class offerings, and like. You know, our concept has been about uh, a program that achieves all, uh, you know, that achieves well-rounded fitness and that does not specialize. Now, all of a sudden, we've got all these specialties and it creates people that like those specialties. And now we're kind of lost on the concept of just one complete program. Right. So, you know, that that's that's an obvious example. And, you know, honestly, like still kind of dealing with some of those re repercussions. But, you know, any any time. You know, the, the takeaway from it without going down the rabbit hole of, of, of mistakes with branding that we've made, uh, the takeaway is just every single time that we have returned to our core values and our core beliefs, the gym has improved. And that is that is subjective and it's objective. It's yeah. improved with our data. We, we've we've increased our retention. Um, we've increased the average length of membership. We've increased our acquisition um, and then just, you know, the, the vibe, if you will, of the gym is always so much better in that regard too. So um, I just don't think there's any question that when a brand is very simple in what it says it's going to do and backs it up with easy to consume options, then the gym is going to be much better off. Absolutely. And, you know, conceptually, that's all about, you know, branding and what defines a brand and all that. So somebody that might be listening, how do we, how do you, create your brand let's just say you've never really thought about this or you know you're not optimal in you know performing that how can people create and continue to work on their brand what are some things that they can do all right that was a great segue into point number two how to create your brand nice nicely done thank you <laughs> uh, so my my opinion on this is i i really think people just massively overcomplicate the concept of creating a brand and i i, I alluded to before about how branding is kind of like a dirty word and people are just scared of that because like you think some people think branding and they think like sleazy promises and sales and it is not about that at all so when you and i 
it's easiest for me to just explain it in the first person perspective. When you and I opened Performance 360 in 2011, we wanted to open a gym that just was the antithesis of everything else that was currently being offered. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into that in this topic. And, you know, you and I would talk about things that just like drove us nuts about the current landscape of group fitness in 2011. And that is what we turned into our brand and what we literally communicated on the website. You know, like we would say like the fact that people say like you have to throw up in workouts is like the most insane shit we've ever heard. (laughs) And it's like, we would put that almost in that language on the website and just like how you would talk to, you know, think about if you were having a conversation with your best friend or your parents or somebody really close to you about what your beliefs are in fitness you know, not, not the canned language, not like you're on uh, a presidential debate, like you're trying to win over everybody. If you were just in a non-judgmental way to explain what your beliefs were in fitness, what would you say that they are? Yeah. I mean, I now think... just, now just tell that, tell, tell that story, tell that story clearly as a person and tell it consistently. And that's, you're on your way to kind of creating what your brand is. You know, nobody would say like, I really just, I really just believe in squats i really just believe in squats and low rep ranges and the one to five rep range is 80 percent. like i just <laughs> i love that i love that i believe in that so dearly you know you wouldn't you wouldn't talk like that and if you do then i don't know you're probably not going to last long but chances are you have some very like passionate beliefs about what fitness can do and so communicate those yeah i think it's important because a lot of times people I like, I see it all over the gym industry. It's every single gym saying the same thing. Like we're the best gym, you know, we do it better than everybody else. And you don't, we don't, you know, (laughs) it's like, there are better gyms out there. There are better programs. There's better people at marketing. There's better people at branding. But if everybody just says the same fluff, then nobody's going to believe it. And nobody's going to connect with that. So in a way you have to be a little bit different you know, a good example is you don't see stories on people's website about their creation in the sense of like, uh, you know, our brand was born from Brian Pritz, who was a trust fund, trust fund baby and was given this company to him from his father. Um, and now he's here to make money. You know, it's like <laughs> you don't see stories like that because people don't connect to you with that mindset. You see all kinds of stories about, um, you know, starting from nothing and, you know, your passion and what you believe in and kind of what your life is like or your company's life has been like, you know, the underdog story. Um, and so it's just super important to have that type of info be on your website and then reinforced in your brand. I feel the need to let people know that you are not, in fact, a trust fund. Kid. <laughs> yes, that was an example. That was not real life. I, Yeah. Nowhere near yeah. that. Yeah, and so it's it's to the point of exactly what you're talking about. How how to create your brand is all about answering the question of why are you in business? Why are you in business? It is not what does your business do. Mm-hmm. And it's like one thing that we see all the time is like go to any gym's website that you can think of, listener. Maybe this is yours, and look at their website. And I promise you, somewhere they say. We are more than just a gym. That is like the most standard canned language that like every gym says they've got a great community. Every gym says they've got great programming. Yes, 
I believe tons of micro gyms do. It's not to take anything away from you if you have great stuff there. But that is not a brand, you know? Saying you're more than just the gym is inadequate. Why, why are you more than just the gym? Yep. You know, it's like our version of like, we believe that group fitness currently fails everyday men and women. Here's why. And then listing the ways that you believe that your your gym answers those questions and satisfies that that group of demographic who's looking for a better way to go and do group fitness. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. <laughs> you, you, me. You, me, him, me. Um, yeah, I, I don't have really anything to add to that other than just like go go to your website and you know your website isn't everything but it is the it is one of the first impressions that people will get of you so just like go through every page of your website see if number 1 your beliefs are even listed and on there and number 2 if they are all aligned with what you actually do in the gym and number 3 is it different from what everybody else does because if you can get all three of those, you will likely be able to win that first impression and get them to at least take the next step to try or join your gym. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. It's, we're always a big fan of self auditing on this podcast. And, you know, you said the website isn't really everything, but unless customers are looking you up in the phone book, then it's pretty damn important because that, that is going to be your brand's encapsulation in that first impression. Yeah. Uh, so another thing I think is helpful to think about with branding is thinking about the concept of common sense versus uncommon sense. And this is a concept that I was introduced to um, through the Heath brothers, and they write tons of books about branding, about storytelling, about how to come across better as a company. And I absolutely love their stuff. And this concept really resonated with me a few years ago, but it's like, an example would be common sense is a gym saying, we're going to get you results. Like we, we guarantee results. Standard, standard can language. And the reason why that's common sense is because nobody's going to join a gym that they think isn't going to get them results. Right. That's like going to a mechanic shop where they say, like, we'll fix your car. It's like, <laughs> obviously you will. Whereas uncommon sense could be something like, we will get you feeling 100% confident when you're naked in 12 months. Mm-hmm. It's like really cutting through the core and being like, oh, wow, like that is actually something that I can wrap my head around. You know, most people train to look better and saying clearly exactly like what it is and what that what that uh, outcome is going to be in a way that is very uncommon is uh, a perfect example of how you're going to kind of create that line in the sand and attract the people who you're going to attract. And you can, you know, you can take that concept and apply it to whatever it is that your niche is or however it is you approach fitness. Um, you know, if you're a powerlifting gym that specializes in, um, you know, the people preparing for a meet or something like you can take that language and say that, you know, uh, hit three PRs in your next meet within six months. Just like something that's different than like, we're going to get you strong or like we're going to improve your maximum strength, like clearly stating what it is in an uncommon way while everybody else is stating it in a common way. Right. You mentioned the mechanic, uh, the mechanic example. Um, I have a long history of mechanics and issues <laughs> with mechanics. And it's one of those things that sends me off on a tangent. So I'll try and keep this short and simple, <laughs> but you know, what's it? You're no, about- I was going to say, I love 
when you dislike something because you dislike a few things, but when you do, like you dislike the shit out of them. That's absolutely true. (laughs) (laughs) Mechanics are one of them. Um, You know, you mentioned a mechanic saying like, you know, we'll fix your car. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, You know, another example of that would be, which would get me as somebody that hates mechanics is like, we'll fix your car the first time. So you don't have to bring it in again. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, there was a, what was the dating app that just ran a commercial recently? It was something along the lines of the dating app that's designed to be deleted. <laughs> that's good. Which Yeah, I, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. It was brilliant because it's like, wow, yeah, I see all these dating app stuff and they're all the same. But this one was like, huh, like the one that's designed to be deleted, which is different than everything else I've ever been, you know, marketed to about dating apps. And that's brilliant because the goal is to, you know, develop long-term relationships so that you can then delete the app. And like that, that made me, you know, I'm not in the dating game right now, but like that made me stop and think and be like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. That's, that's a brilliant example. And taking that within the concept of, of, of gyms, you know, think about when CrossFit first started back in the day, the reason that they were so successful and that they caught on like wildfire and changed the way that fitness was delivered is because it was forging elite fitness that was their brand you know for better or for worse they drew that line in the sand and said we are for people who want to achieve an elite level of fitness we're not for anything else beyond an absolute elite output of fitness and so they were so successful they were laser clear on that brand and they grew like crazy over the course of over a decade and probably why a ton of you who listen to the show uh, affiliated your gym with CrossFit. But now I, I honestly couldn't tell you what CrossFit is and what they stand for. Like they, they, they moved away from forging elite fitness because they wanted to appear to a more general population. You know, they started putting out these weird Instagram videos of like the elderly getting off their couch, holding detergent. So it's like, <laughs> we're not forging elite fitness anymore. Now we're, we're, we're general population training, but it, it's never been it's never been clearly communicated in a way that was as successful as forging elite fitness was. And so I think that that's such an opportunity for you affiliate owners listening to the show. Like you guys have the opportunity to brand yourselves however you want, even if you're still a CrossFit affiliate, but you can create your own personal brand. That's what I want these gyms to understand. Like um, you don't have to be forging elite fitness. You don't have to be really what what CrossFit HQ is telling you you can be you have the ability to brand yourself in a way that you know uh, uses the the CrossFit affiliate name to your advantage but that brands yourself to be your own thing and your own beliefs with fitness Uh, because right now I think that's just a prime example of branding that's just totally and completely lost yeah and you know one of the things that they that led to their decline is their brand delivery or experience delivery was not in line with their, you know, what they stood for. So yeah. like, you know, part of, part of why people started not, you know, or disaffiliating with them is because what they stood for was not being reinforced by the company. And so, you know, affiliates didn't want to be a part of that. And so, you know, they're, like you said, they're trying all these different things to try and come to be more of like everybody else and by just trying to be more like everybody else, they've lost their way. And so, like you said, like you don't really know what they stand for anymore. And I don't either. Like I couldn't tell you 
what their direction is right now. It, it just seems all over the map. Yeah, it's, it's almost like they've done the reversal of they've gone from that like super distinctive flavor that is for very few people, but for the people that it's for, they will not order anything else to now they're trying to like go to the vanilla route. And it's almost lost on what their purpose is, you know. Um, I, I just I think it's such an opportunity for folks in the CrossFit community to to finally seize control of their own branding and not let uh, CrossFit HQ determine that through whatever direction they choose to go as as a company. Yeah, I mean we're already starting to see that with a lot of people. If you know if they are interested in keeping the CrossFit affiliation because they see value in that, that's great. But even those people are that are keeping the CrossFit affiliation are changing their name to, you know, something else besides, you know, Dallas CrossFit or whatever it is. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. And I've, I personally think that, that that allows you to do more of your own personal branding rather than just relying on somebody else's branding. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and just, you know, while we're on the topic of, of kind of CrossFit stuff, and we alluded to in the beginning about how when we formed the gym, it was just kind of being about the antithesis of how group fitness was delivered back in 2010 and 2011. And that was primarily through CrossFit. And this is not, you know, we're not trying to, uh, we're, not, we're not trying to bash CrossFit when we say this, but those of you who've been around fitness industry long enough, like you remember those days when CrossFit was just that like peak intensity people ask us why we never affiliated with that. Um, so why don't you just kind of talk a little bit about where our head was at back in those days and why our personal, what, not our personal brand, why our gym brand um, was an extension of our personal beliefs and, and how we went about doing that. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned like, uh, you know, puking and you know, that, that branding that says like, we're so hard that you'll puke after workouts, like CrossFit had pukey, the clown, um, no pain, no gain is like, you know, was one of the big slogans, um, that, that repelled me greatly. Um, and that stuff attracted a lot of people. And for, for the record, you're also a former professional athlete. So I think that's an important differentiation. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I, I, and especially at that time I was still, I was just out of, um, just out of professional baseball. So I was at a very high level of fitness and, that just repelled the shit out of me. And mm -hmm. one of the things that we talked about when we were trying to differentiate ourselves from CrossFit was that we just, we did not want to be like that. We wanted to be the opposite of that. Um, and so that's where, that's essentially where our brand was created was yeah. to be, to, to capture a different p part of the market uh, than that no pain, no gain mentality. Yeah. And so, you know, what the chain reaction that that set off is like we created so much content around um, education on why like development and fitness matters on why like taking it slow, not like while, while not going right into kipping pull ups. Like these are things that are not very common anymore, but that were super common uh, in the industry back 10 years ago. And so our whole gym was just this content machine on like we're so passionate about fitness being delivered this way and not this way. Right. And like, we had so many, we had a lot of people absolutely like hate our gym. I can specifically remember that, but we had a lot of people also be like, wow, this is, I believe in this. Like, this is speaking to me. I want to come in and I want to do squats and deadlifts and I want to learn cleans, but I don't want to throw up every time I work out. 
I don't want my hands to get shredded every time I do pull-ups. I don't want to have scars on my shins. <laughs> so it's like we communicate all this stuff. Like I remember we would have a post on like, if you think scars on your shins are cool, like that is a stupid belief. And it was like, we went all into why that is. And it's like, yeah, we turned, we turned people off with that, but we also attracted a ton of people who really believed um, and agreed with our statements on those things. Yeah. I mean, we, we had, um, we had an article that gets distributed to people who have tried the gym and, or are in that process of like testing out the gym. And I believe the name of it is either like X amount of reasons or why you should not join performance 360. Yeah. And it actually, you know, it, it lets people know exactly where we stand on things so that they can make that decision of like, this is either for me or not for me. Because what we don't want is we don't want to attract the wrong people that join thinking they're getting something else and then be dissatisfied with the service and spread that bad vibes all over the, the brand and the company. Yeah. Great call. Great call. So, um, you know, that's, that's a lot about how to create your brand. Let's move into how to bring your brand to life, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you do that? <laughs> Easy. It's just, it's content. And this is a section that's not going to take very long. Um, but just as I feel people really complicate how to create their brand, I also think people get big time paralysis through analysis with how to actually bring it to life. You know, it's easy to create that one time static language that exists on a website that lets people into your brand. But it can be it can be really intimidating to continuously follow that up with content. Um, I, trust me, I, I can I know that firsthand. I produce a blog every single day and it is exhausting and there's times when i think um the this is stupid and nobody's going to be into this <laughs> and it's you know what i want to tell people is it's not about that it's not about putting out like an absolute banger every time you sit down and write or post something it's just about ongoing and consistently supporting what it is your brand is all about and that's it and don't overcomplicate it like you don't need to be uh, a writer you don't need to be an english major like it goes back to the to the point of like, hey, if you were just talking to your to your parents or your best friends about like what it is that your gym is about, like how would you explain what your gym does to maybe your friend who's who's overweight and wants to get into fitness and like doesn't know anything about fitness? Like how would you explain what it is that you do? Yeah. And so just like write 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 some content like that and start start yourself out on just very general, um, very general just. Don't try to prove anything. Don't try to come across a certain way. Um, I am going to be honest with you. I'm a Friends fan. I like Friends. I like that show. <laughs> My wife and I watch reruns of it all the time. And there is an episode where Joey is writing a referral for Chandler and Monica to adopt a baby. And he's really insecure about how dumb he is. Mm -hmm. And he writes a letter and then changes every word using a thesaurus <laughs> and <laughs> it comes across as just completely nonsensical. It's not authentic. And uh, when he rewrites it on hand in his own language, they end up getting the baby. So that is uh, a perfect example, even though it's complete fiction, but it is a perfect example of like, just be yourself, just be a human, have flaws. Like it's okay to have typos. Like it's, all that stuff. You're not writing for 
the Journal of Modern Medicine. You're just writing for your brand, for your gym, to get people to ultimately know, like, and trust you. And the best way to do that is just be authentic. I could not agree more with the authenticity aspect. It's like I see so much stuff out there that's just like you can tell it's trying to be something when all they have to do is just be themselves and, you know, people will be attracted to that. Yeah, and it's like social media, website. Um, I, I personally prefer writing. It's easier for me, but some people are much better at videos. Um, some people come across and express themselves talking much better. So just an easy way to do that in 2021, there's just endless possibilities of technology and ways to get your message across. Um, I just think really committing yourself to saying, I'm going to do this regularly. I'm going to hold myself accountable to this. If you have a business partner, maybe someone in your business, maybe even a spouse that you trust, somebody who's going to hold you accountable to, I'm going to create a piece of content every single day, and it's going to be made public in some form. Just start there and see where it takes you. But I, I promise you, it's going to it's going to take you to uh, some good things for your gym. And I, you know, you do the, the website blog, like you mentioned, I would imagine that when you started out doing that, it was much more time consuming. You probably thought a lot more about it. And I would say, I would guess that now you've been doing it so long and writing such good, consistent content that now it's just kind of like quick, quicker and easier than it ever was in the beginning. Yeah, now I just say any stupid thing that pops into my mind. <laughs> uh, no, that's a hundred percent right. Is I was like guilty of like I'm going to spend three days on this post. I'm going to do five drafts, and I'm going to make sure that it checks all these boxes. But I actually, the only way that I can compartmentalize doing this now is I give myself a time limit. So I actually write all of our content uh, every Friday afternoon. Um, it's actually the last thing that I do in the week. I don't know why. I just find that when I don't, I know that I have nothing else to do for the week, then I don't rush this portion of it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I do it Friday afternoon. It's just the last thing that I do two hours. I'll write five posts that go on the website. And if I know that I'm going past two hours, then I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it and I'm turning it into something that it's not supposed to be. And so that allows me to keep it authentic, to keep it uh, reasonably flawed and to keep it, um, very simple. And that's just kind of my own recipe for it. Great. So to put that all into some easy digestible things, social media post consistently website blog, we highly recommend doing some sort of blog. Um, you know, whether that's articles, videos, um, you know, you name it, there's probably going to be some new technology that comes out soon that, you can learn and use that as well. Um, but just be consistent with getting that message out. Yeah, for sure. So we've gone through, what is that now? We've gone through three points. We've gone through the difference between a brand and operations. We've gone through how to create your brand and we've gone through how to bring your brand to life. So bringing it to our final point, how to actually now align your brand and your company slash operations. Uh, what are some things that people can do for this? I think the biggest thing is bringing people on that are more brand based and not based on like their resume or their experience. So, you know, when you bring on new coaches, when you bring on uh, customer service help, when you bring on people that are around you supporting the brand, make sure that they are ingrained in your values and your brand and not because they have like some 
high-level qualifications because you see a lot of mismatch from somebody who might be really smart or really, you know, experienced, but they don't fit your brand. Like you'll, you'll run into way more problems down the road. Yeah. So why don't you give us an example of like, you know, if you're, if you're in, you know, if we're interviewing somebody, what are you evaluating from a brand perspective? Honestly, it's a lot about their personal brand and what they believe in. Um, you know, I, to be honest with you, when we get a resume, I don't really look at it that much. Um, I don't either. Like I, there's been times where I've looked and just made sure that they're like actually in the fitness industry and not coming from like some other industry, but then I won't even look at what they've done or anything like that until we've had our initial interview. And, you know, we talked about that first, um, like the handshake, the smile, uh, stuff like that. It's like when I meet that person, oftentimes I know right away whether they're going to be a good fit or not. And then obviously the interview comes and you learn more about their actual experience. But there's so much just about vibe and personality and initial impression that like, I, I, to be honest, I feel kind of weird saying that like, it's more about that than anything else. But like, it really is like we get that feeling on somebody right away. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And it's like putting it into, into quantifiable terms. You know, we, we've said before our gym is, our gym is about helping everyday men and women become more. Uh, it's not for competitive athletes. It's not for professional athletes. Uh, we're not trying to get people to their maximum level of fitness output. Uh, it's just about becoming more and wherever that meets you. And so, you know, if we're hiring a coach and we're hiring somebody who like is, uh, you know, they're all about like competition programming or they like, they used to be, uh, maybe a fitness competitor, like by no means does that exclude them from being a part of our culture, but for lack of a better term, like we don't care about that. Right. Like we're trying, we're trying to evaluate, like, are you going to dig working with Jane and John who got off work at five thirty and you know, this is their hour to just get a little bit better. Are you going to be able to connect with that person? Right. They might have the best resume in the world, but if they can't prove that they'll just connect with people on a basic level, then, you know, we don't, we don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. I mean, I won't mention names, but we've had several like really, really high level applicants throughout the years and we've actually never hired them. Like we've, we've actually, hired people with no coaching experience over them uh, just because they didn't align with our brand. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. Um, So what's next on the list? Um, You know, creating standard operating procedures, we call them SOPs, um, you know, according to the brand and not the industry. So, you know, like being yourself and, you know, we talked about when we started out, we, we wanted to be the anti everybody else and what they were doing. So we created our brand based on what we believed and what we wanted to do with, with a gym. And so over the years we've increased and created our basically standard operating procedures according to what we want to see and not what everybody else is doing in the industry. And, you know, one of the biggest problems I see is people, trying to look at everybody else and say, oh, they're doing that, so we should too. And every single time that we've 
done that ourselves and we've we've been guilty of this before every time we've done that we've reverted back to what we set out to do in the beginning and seeing the gym improve because of that yeah that's i you know it's it's like you talk about that brand promise and you talk about that brand flag and so it's like you know i i one of my favorite gyms that i follow um mark fisher fitness i was on michael keeler's podcast a couple years ago shameless plug um but i love everything that they do i don't agree with the way that they do fitness but they are so unmistakable with how they do it it's like just go to their website markfisherfitness.com listener who's reading to this and it's like an example of that is like if you claim to be the most friendly and welcoming gym which is kind of their their brand promise then you can't hire coaches who aren't friendly and like you can't have standard operating procedures that don't revolve around like what are your steps of service to actually be the friendliest, most welcoming gym in the world? Right. It's like you need to create the steps of service that support and surround that claim that it is. Like, let's say you claim to be the gym that is like the most educational, like we're going to teach you the most about fitness. Then, you know, you need to have so many SOPs around continuously. When are you going to answer why we're doing this? You know, when are you going to communicate? Uh, the purpose behind this workout, like continuously training coaches on making sure that they're delivering that brand promise. Yeah. And that's a so, really, that's a really good point with the education because, you know, that's one of the things that we stand for is educating people on why they're doing what we're doing. And part of how we deliver that is we train our staff to, instead of deliver what the workout is, we train them to deliver why we're doing the workout. So exactly. just on a micro scale, like we literally train them to talk more about why we're doing this number of reps or this combination of exercises. We, we train them to talk about why we're doing that, not about just explaining what this is. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's I honestly didn't even dawn on me when I was talking about the last examples, but um, yeah, it just, it just lends itself to the idea of how it all ties together. And if you're promising that, and then people aren't trained on how to deliver that, then there's going to be that disconnect. And again, the whole purpose of this is how to align your brand and how to align your company. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just so, so important to constantly reinforce it. Like we talked about, you know, on your website, on social media, and that trickles into the in-gym experience. And if you find yourself that you're losing a small percentage of members every year, you know, just due to brand reinforcement, then you aren't communicating it strong enough. So, you know, do a self audit, figure out where you can add this type of communication to the overall experience. And maybe you do a great job on the website, but you don't do it in person. Um, or maybe you do a great job in person, but it's lacking on the website so that you're not attracting more people to come into that experience. Um, so just, you know, look at all the levels of operation and figure out where you can consistently reinforce your beliefs. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think losing people, um, every year, losing the percentage of people every year, because you're, because you are so consistently reinforcing it. I think that's an important concept for people to embrace. You know, I think the worst thing you can do is let somebody in your gym have, a belief about what your gym should be, let them slowly 
cause you to change what your gym should be because you want to keep that person or those people around as opposed to just saying, no, no, like this is our gym. This is our brand. This is what we believe in. And if you no longer believe in that, then like that, that's, that's totally okay. But maybe we're no longer the place for you moving forward. Right. Um, and I, I think that is just, just so important. You know, I'll give you the, I'll put this in tangible terms. Like people come into the gym and we, we, we do general group fitness. It's general physical preparedness. That is what we do. Um, people who might want to specialize and they might want to say focus on like competing in something. Well, they're probably at some point going to go to another training program. And that is like perfectly okay. You know, we don't want people to project that like, oh, I can't do squat twice a week in, in class. So like this is now like the gym, you know, I, I wish you guys did more of this, but it's like to support their individual goals when nowhere did we promise that we're going to turn you into a squatting specialist. Right. So it's just, it, it's always very important to reinforce that, to not make apologies about that and to understand that some uh, natural attrition is going to happen if you are delivering your brand in a strong way. Yeah, I mean, a great example is just an email I got the other day. Somebody emailed asking they wanted to join the gym, and I could clearly tell based on what they said they were looking for and why they wanted to join the gym that they had not read anything on the website. They hadn't talked to anybody in class. I don't know why they reached out to us wanting to join, but it was clear that if they did join, they would not get what they wanted out of it. And I easily could have been like, oh, yeah, great. Here's the link to sign up and gotten them as a member and gotten whatever, uh, you know, revenues from them for however long they lasted. But I kn there would be a huge disconnect. And I knew that that would not be a long term member or somebody supporting the brand. So, you know, instead, I told them that we're probably not the right gym for them if that's what they're looking for. And, you know, I probably didn't do that four years ago or five years ago, um, I probably would have tried to convince them as to why we're the right fit for them and got them to join. And, you know, to be honest, there's, there have been a lot of people in the gym that we've wanted to leave or kick out or, you know, hope that they leave because they're just not, a, a, not the right fit. And so I think now we're a little bit more proactive in preventing those people from coming into the gym and causing problems. Well said, well said. So, can we talk about Batman now? Batman? Yeah, Batman is uh, my personal branding, uh, what do you want to call it? Like, dream, if you will. Just like, perfect example. <laughs> because I hate, on. I hate superheroes. I hate superhero movies. I think they're the dumbest things in the world. I'm obsessed with Batman, and I kind of want to be Batman's Batman. a regular dude. He's a regular dude. He doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have superpowers, but he also is the exact opposite of most superheroes. Yeah. And, you know, he his branding is a great example. Um, what I think it was in, like, Batman Begins, uh, where Raz al Ghul, if you've seen the movie, you know who I'm talking about. Um, Obviously. He has a line where it's, it's something along the lines of, you know, he's he's teaching Batman how to be, you know, the future Batman, basically. And he says, you know, if, if you can make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, then you become something else entirely. And, 
you know, Batman is a great example because characters that play Batman will come and go. Um, but the concept of Batman is the brand, and that is what attracts certain people like me to that brand and those movies. And if a movie, if a Batman movie flops, I will still watch the next Batman because the concept of Batman is so strong. That's probably our best closing line we've ever had on the podcast, <laughs> so I'm not going to fucking say anything else. I like Batman. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, cool. Well, I guess that's it then. Probably go awesome. throw on uh, Batman in the background while I work. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah.